You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making Waves Hey everyone, welcome to Making Waves episode 16. We do welcome Heidi and Carla from The Butcher Babies. Ladies, thank you joining us this is amazing and as always uh (laughs) our host chad nicefield so uh again ladies thank you so much for coming on and and, and joining us into this this new experience for uh for making waves and obviously shiprocked and you guys are shiprock family so what what are better way to kind of christen it right so thanks for having us we're super excited to be here good to see your faces (laughs) <laughs> yes thank it's you yeah we were talking about faces. that earlier just like it's we kind of everyone misses each other yeah in one shape or form you know whether it's <laughs> on the road or the boat so yeah um i'm just gonna ask the first question you got see new single yes the finally yeah. new music it has been right. years <laughs> yeah, has it been three years now since the new three music years you know lilith and- feels so it just feels so recent and this feels like still like a new record I feel like it's because time is just going so fast, except for March. March was about five years long. <laughs> but right, other than right. that, time is just going so fast. But for us, we, we've actually been sitting on this song for a year and a half. So mm. we have just been itching for people to hear it. So uh, what was it on Friday when we released this song? It was to us, it was like Christmas. So, um, for, we're just excited for everyone to hear it. It's a different sound than, uh, traditional butcher babies. Although we've done a lot of diverse, um, stuff, I guess you can say in our music, each song is very different. So, Mm uh, our fan base wasn't totally surprised by the little slight evolution, but, uh, they definitely opened it with open arms or the coolest thing about our, uh, fan base is that they really let us do whatever we want, (laughs) which is great. You know, we can, we can have the heaviest song you've ever heard one day and then, um, something poppy the next day and they don't flinch. It's, it's really cool. It is such a gift to be given that as an artist to not have an angry mob at your door when you release a song that's more radio friendly. So we are, you, we are very, very lucky. Do you think that's because your fans by now, this far in your career, they know that you can have a song that's kind of a little outside the box, but you're going to come back to the next song, like just shake them by the next, like you usually do. Yeah. Um, in fact, I remember when Lilith came out and we released uh headspin uh, and that was, 
uh, one of the poppier songs on that album. Mm-hmm. And then we hit him with Pomona as the next single. And I, and I remember posting, or it came up on my my memories on Facebook the other day. And it was like, to all you fucking fucks who thought we'd gone <laughs> fucking soft. Because there's just a bunch of F words in that. <laughs> Sorry if I can't swear. There's just oh, no, a bunch right. of F words in that song. And so it's like, you know, we have sprinkled in little hints of different stuff throughout our entire careers, like, you know, melodic songs, songs that are purely melodic, no screaming, songs that are purely screaming, no melodics. And so I think they've been conditioned over the past 10 years to um, where we say, you better be all right with it because we're going to do it anyways. I wanted yeah. to ask you that because it felt it felt like like you just said Lilith, Lilith the song Lilith I felt was a nice transitional period to this new this new track uh, and I listened to it over the weekend I listened to it this week I listened to it just before this started uh, oh, so I had <laughs> yeah I got like at least ten of your new of, of the streams on Spotify um, yeah, was that like <laughs> you, <laughs> you said like a year and a half ago you had written this song and I know that anticipation is there but I would assume after Lilith right you had already as artists had a vision of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and i remember heidi i remember having a conversation with you in some random house uh at some party i think we were at a few months ago uh actually like probably over a year ago now yeah and i know talking about the <laughs> yeah, new, i was like what yeah. party a few months ago <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> the cops. <laughs> i mean we were definitely not at Paul, uh, what's that? Paul Logan, Logan Paul's house. Is that right? Was that <laughs> yeah. this party? But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you were talking about your transition. And then I heard this song and I was like, oh, and it fucking rules. Your voices Thank sound you. incredible. But Thank I wanted you. to ask, was there like a, a specific um, moment that you decided that you wanted to make that shift consciously? And how did the like the either fall out or build up? Uh, from everybody else around you, uh, ha- kind of like play out when you in real time. I think it just felt natural. Um, when Sweet. we were writing this song, it called for what it has in it. If it had called for, you know, a scream here or there, it it'd be there. But um, I think for us, this song is kind of emotional and it speaks to kind of where we were in our career at that point. Just. Um, feeling a little bit, a little bit lost, uh, feeling kind of, um, a little bit kind of down in the dumps. And I think that that's kind of the, the vibe of the song, even though it rocks, uh, to us, the lyrics speak to exactly what we're feeling in that moment. And I think it was just something we wanted to sing about rather than roar about, but we've got plenty of RAR coming up too. So yeah. you know, I think okay. I think that we've evolved a lot. You know, back in the day when we started, we we had a couple songs with some singing choruses, and but we, we were kind of in the mindset that we weren't going to sing ever again. We were just going to scream all the time. But nowadays, I think that we think about things in terms of what serves the song, and sometimes just throwing in a scream to throw in a scream to make it sound cool really takes away from the song itself and the beautiful things about it so i think we've you know grown up a lot as far as writing and and like like i said focusing on the song and what is special about the song and not just throwing in a scream yeah servicing it for what it's worth outside of like putting yourself outside of the moment and looking at the biggest picture which is the song itself is it seems Mm -hmm. exactly i mean i haven't heard anything else in the record but it seems you were you were leaning extremely hard on those feelings and it sounds great and it pays off cool thank you that's cool to hear 
Yeah, we were talking about, you were talking about your growth. I mean, obviously we all get older, even your music taste change and how you want to service the song. I mean, it's funny to kind of go from Goliath and take it like a man. Even you could see it kind of slowly moving in this way, but then Lilith, there's so much weight behind the album because some of the songs are a little bit, I wouldn't say, they're deeper, but they've got like a lot of meat on the bone. It's not just coming right at you. It's kind of a little sinister sounding instead of like, mm-hmm. it's not a car crash anymore. It's going into a curve really hard. And um, and uh, then, you know, bottom of the bottle is just another transition there. But it's, it's funny because most people, when they keep transitioning, they kind of go a little mellower. But this one's just this big anthemic party song almost. Yeah. Was it just that point? Was it just that time for you guys to put out just, for lack of a better word, just a big party song? <laughs> With choruses that everyone can sing along to. Yeah, I think we hear it at, at like playing at like a football game or a basketball game. Yes, yes. Like I just, and I, lo- and I love that, you know, that's cool. I, yeah. I've always wanted to have a song that where there's like, a, you know, something that the whole crowd does like a whoa, like that kind of thing or like a clap or like a big thing that everybody wants to do as soon as it comes on. And I, you know, we, di- we got to do that with this song. Yeah, audience integration is mm-hmm. is immense, and it also gives you guys kind of a little breather, you know. When you're on <laughs> totally. stage, like, how many songs That's do we need? The real reason. We, need some, we need to put it back on them for a minute. So yeah, <laughs> well, it's, that's what it, we. We, we do that with our song Monsters Ball. It's awesome mm-hmm. because we're just like, here's here's the microphone in your faces, and I'm over here yeah. like. <sighs> can you you imagine what it's going to be like when we finally get to go back out on tour we're going to have canes and be like (gasps) like an oxygen yeah i was going to say you guys have put on one of those deep breathing masks that the people use when they do altitude training i think we're all going to have to like do do sprints for weeks leading up to it That's the 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 pre the post COVID um, situation too. I just kept I was thinking about that the other day, like when all the bands start to get back on the road and their bodies have just been like in this shitty couch position position for like a year and a half, and they're like, "Wait, I'm supposed to do this thing?" Okay, muscle memory and that that bang natural bang over that you would have is just going to last for like months and months. Now. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. I uh, mean, bu- I, I guess I can I can kind of give this away here is we are going to be doing a live streaming concert and I am nervous about that. (laughs) I'm nervous because it's like, Oh my gosh, a full show. And you guys have seen how we play. That's we, we're jumping or running and everything. And I'm like, I have to get my ass in shape. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we before, tonight, we definitely want to go. If, if you have the details of that, we'd love to have that because that's kind of the first I've heard of this. So this is amazing. So thank you for having a little bit of a scoop. Yeah, we figured yeah. we'd give it to our shiprock fam. <laughs> yeah, wow, awesome, thanks. awesome. Um, speaking of you guys live and doing streaming, yeah, you guys are a very physical band. Uh, like you said, just training is going to get involved, and you guys can pace yourself. You're both athletic, so. You know, you say, hey, we're going to do we're going to start going out in July. At what point do you say probably start hitting the treadmill and the gym and Pilates? <laughs> I mean, and I, to be yoga? honest, I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't do something just because okay. I, you know, like I'm the kind of person where if I eat a piece of bread, then I, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I think that I do. And I just started doing this orange theory thing where they make you do sprints. Heidi's a runner. I am not a runner. I hate it but I've been doing these sprints at the, in this class and I'm getting addicted to it, Heidi. So we can, 
we sprinting together. Is that like the hit stuff? But, the HI is like that. Was it hit? Is it? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, it's more mm-hmm. hit than everything than than anything else, which we do on the road together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then, but it's the it's the most like a show that I found the most. You know, um, as far yeah. as working out, which is important because getting that can, high. Yeah, you can run and you know, or lift weights, which is I I was really into lifting weights, and Heidi's more of a runner. But there's something about playing a show that gets you in like incredible shape. So this this like orange theory thing, I'm hoping it, I'm hoping that yeah. gives me that effect. Hit Honestly, there's nothing like going, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're if we're going out in July, hit routines start in early June. <laughs> right. <laughs> So well, Heidi, I mean, you're, you're a sprinter, you're, you run? Is that what, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was a track and field athlete my whole life. I competed uh, from s- like seven years old all the way up until I competed in the Junior Olympics in 2003. And uh, yeah, I was a sprinter my whole life um, until about, I broke my back in 2004. And so broke my back pole vaulting. And so it kind of put uh, an end to my career. I tried to keep at it after that. I tried, I would have loved to done it more, but um, that was a career ending injury. So did your, did the pole give way when you went into the, when you were like doing it or something, what happened? With that? No. So there's this thing, this step, it's a short step right mm-hmm. before you, right before you jump, it's called the penultimate step. And it's very jarring on your body. And so what I had is a, a stress fracture from that penultimate step. You do it in long jump and pole vaulting and it eventually broke. And so what happened is I hit the, I hit, I put the, the pole in and I hit the penultimate step and I went up and I landed and it was the most pain I've ever felt in my life <laughs> and mm. I couldn't move. And so, wow. uh, yeah, that was career ending. And I was just a freshman in college at that time. So I, it was a big party. bummer. I tried really hard to get back into it after that, but it was like a year and a half to like, could actually try and high jump again. Cause I high jump was my main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just was never the same. So I moved on to be a heavy metal cheerleader instead. When you were doing the high, when you doing the high jump, were you were you a Flosbury flopper? Yeah, I All was. Right, very good. Because I'm short. I'm only five four ish. Yeah. And uh, I, I jumped five ten. So for me, that was like <laughs> that. Yeah. I had yeah. to Flosbury. I thought they, they actually called me Tinkerbell because I would jump. And my feet would do this on the way up or the top. Like Peter Pan. Yeah. I only ask because my growing up, one of my heroes was Dwight Stones. So I only yeah. I only asked for that. So yeah. yeah. The flaws yeah. very flop. There you go. There you go. So speaking of uh, training and growing up and everything, you guys obviously have a very uh interesting stage dynamic the, the transitions and the throwback, you know, you take this part, you take this part. How do you guys decide who's gonna sing what part? And I mean, obviously that starts in the studio. Um <laughs> you guys come can I is there any way I've never really investigated your backgrounds as vocalists like what you know who you followed what who you first listened to that got you to that point or or, or whatever so Carla can we start with you and like who who inspired you as a vocalist yeah sure well when I the think that the thing the band that made me love music in general and and rock and roll was Guns N' Roses I was obsessed 
And I was obsessed with like the idea of the lifestyle behind, you know, rock and roll and, and metal. And then, um, you know, that like hard rock, I guess, was the transition into heavy metal. And I think the person that made me want to sing the way I sing is probably Phil Ensemble. I was obsessed um, when I was young with Pantera, but I loved, I just loved metal. I loved thrash metal. And I just, you know, growing up in in Detroit in a in the Midwest and like just it just metal was like an escape for me. And uh, that's what I wanted to do when I got older. And I, but I also loved, you know, Patti Smith. I loved the riot girl era. I loved Courtney Love and um, you know, so, and I loved PJ Harvey. So I think that I have um, kind of a, a mixture of styles, you know, it wasn't just metal for me, which I think everyone, it shouldn't be just one genre of music. I also played the violin since I was five years old. So I, I, you know, had a a wide variety of musical tastes. And I think that that's, that's important, you know, but definitely Phil's, you know, Phil's growls is what I want to aspire towards. Well, you know, his growls, definitely, they're their own kind of instruments like that. And it's, it's, you Mm -hmm. know, people could throw away certain I guess sometimes when people hear guttural, they think it's just some sort of scream or bellow, but quite honestly, mm-hmm. it's a trained thing for a lot of people and it's very hard to pull off convincingly. It's so you have to do a different technique. Yeah. It's a yeah. different part of your body for like every different type of scream. I swear yeah. you can feel it in different places. And the cool thing about Phil was that he also had a gorgeous singing voice. You know, I don't think people like talk about that that much, you know, he has some crazy notes on like cemetery gates and stuff like that. And um, I loved his lyrics growing up too, you know, uh, lyrics have always been really important to me, um, which I think has also separated our band, you know, lyrics, me and Heidi don't just write about trite, (laughs) like things, you know, all of our lyrics are, um, mean something very special to us. We don't just ever write throwaway songs. So all, all those things, you know, to, to me, he was like singing, screaming, growling, great lyrics. So definitely inspirational. Yeah. Great. Oh, man. I want to pause real quick. Sorry, I just want to say because uh, uh, she mentioned Detroit and she mentioned her eclectic taste, things like Patti Smith and, and whatnot were from here. And I have to say that being from Detroit myself, the the area that you're um, you you geographically hail from has a lot to do with. Oh, it's huge, hundred percent. Yeah, even. And de- the classic rock aspect of growing up in Detroit, I'm sure you're familiar with. It is pounded down our throats, like, you know, Ted Nugent, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, ACDC, all that stuff. And I, I love it. I love classic rock and I love, um, you know, um, like prog rock. I, I love Rush. I love stuff like that. And I don't think that I would have loved that kind of stuff if I had grown up in LA. You know, I don't think I have the same affinity towards towards rock and roll and, and metal and classic rock and all that kind of stuff. Or just it's being so free to have the open mind. That's that's yeah. the biggest thing that I noticed. Um, you know, even just living between here and L- L.A. right now, um, that I, I can when I'm home, I feel free. When I'm there, I yeah. feel a little bit like no one needs to know I'm a total weirdo. You know, <laughs> I just wanted I to love, say that you just I blend in. Carl, <laughs> yeah, I love Carl. You said being from that area, kind of like maybe experience a little bit more because I just watched the Cream documentary over the magazine, and oh. I mean, it just just it just. Detroit has always obviously gravitated towards these outsider sounds or things you wouldn't expect, right? Yeah. So sorry, you to hear you, uh, that is it you, totally made you broke up a lot. I don't oh, know. Oh, did I did I go 
Yeah. yeah, you were a robot. I don't know if it was on everybody's end or if it was just mine. You're showing your true oh, colors. Cream <laughs> document. Is it? Can you hear me now? Is it? I can I hear good? you now. Yeah, yeah, you sound great. Okay, no, I uh, did. I did you hear me? I was talking about the cream documentary of the magazine. Yeah, I heard that, and then you went into Robot Land. Okay, so oh, if hi, you could just repeat me? what you said after. Uh, good lord, what is going on? You're in Louisiana. Uh, There's like a a storm every second there, so you're probably getting some Wi-Fi interruptions. Right. Yeah. New Orleans. We're still we're still getting over the uh, hurricane we just had, so everything's a little shady. Um, No, just talking about the cream thing, and you mentioned your kind of eclectic taste, but that that documentary reminded me of how diverse you have to think about music when you're from that area. Yeah. You know, because it's such an outlier place for a lot of people. You know, L.A. or New York, Chicago, maybe. Yeah. And then there's Detroit. Yeah. You know, one little story I'll share real quick. I had the privilege of meeting Mick Jagger and hanging out with him one night. A mutual friend introduced us. And um, he was telling me that when he would go play Detroit, you know, back in the beginning of their career, he would go home with the families and they would make him dinner and they would play him like Detroit music. So they said that Detroit music was the the most inspirational thing to him. And I thought that was a really cool thing. And it's true. It's like such a cool place. I mean, parts of me couldn't wait to leave and get out. <laughs> but they, but growing up there, I appreciate now the just the different, like I said, just the freedom to listen to different kinds of music and have so much inspiration from, uh, you know, just this cold industrial feeling city so it's a it's a great place to be from and a great place for music yeah yeah Heidi how about you (laughs) well where I'm from is not that cool with music uh I'm from Provo Utah and so I grew up in a very uh heavily Mormon populated um uh area and uh hard rock and metal was not okay (laughs) Um, I grew up listening. My family has a, uh, that every time we get together, whether it's a wedding, a funeral, doesn't matter. Um, everybody plays an instrument except for me. I was, I would sing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest of six kids. My dad's the middle of 12 and all of them have a bunch of kids. So when we get together, it's a lot of us and we're all playing music. And I grew up with that. Um, and I grew up with them singing old tiny songs. Um, they would write songs together. Uh, so my dad and his brothers were just kind of like a band. Um, but I grew up listening to what they listened to. Uh, they would, you know, I loved the Osmonds, Air Supply, um, Sticks. That's what my parents like raised me on. And I actually, I loved that music. And, um, and then I got into, you know, listening to the radio, I would actually like set my alarm in the morning in the summer to listen to the morning show and then listen to whatever's new on the radio. And that's when I found Gwen Stefani and, um, and no doubt. And I started really diving into my own taste in music. And I just thought she was such an epic performer. In my whole life, I was just like, I want to be just like that. (laughs) And, um, and then, and then as I got older and kind of more of my rebellious phase, I, I had friends that I would go meet up with at the skate park. I would sneak out of my house and go meet up with friends at the skate park. And that's when I discovered Slipknot, Metallica, Korn, none of that had, had been introduced to me at all until probably my freshman year of high school. And so 
uh, I remember actually borrowing and Carla's heard this a million times, but I remember borrowing a corn CD from a friend and my mom found it in my closet and broke it in front of my face. (laughs) But I, the, the passion in Jonathan Davis's voice in all the albums, uh, in the new metal era, like that's when I grew that's, that's my age range. (laughs) Uh, that to me just spoke to what I was feeling. And same with, uh, I remember hearing surfacing from Slipknot and just like, this is my life. (laughs) And I I remember actually seeing how I discovered Slipknot in the first place was I saw a kid wearing a shirt, a Slipknot shirt, (laughs) and uh, it scared me. And so I had to figure out what it was. And then the voice that that came with it just really spoke to me. and I, it was really kind of not something that my family was okay with. My parents actually didn't speak to me for a couple of years after starting this band. So it's, it's, it's been kind of a contentious thing in my life, but now my family comes to the shows and my mom, like she loves watching Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and when we toured with Marilyn Manson, she was like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so she's so, and, <laughs> and she likes corn now. <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, I wasn't really raised around rock or metal, but I would have to say that some of my biggest influences were, uh, I'd say either, you know, Corey and Jonathan, and then even into the pop world, like I said, Gwen Stefani and, um, but I did love the Osmonds. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because Corey and Jonathan, obviously as you're growing up, you hear those two and they're just, they're getting a lot of trauma out and you can hear it in their voices and i'm probably still to this day with the stuff they put out it's funny you mentioned air supply and chad and i talked about we had a laugh about this before we had burton from fear factory on mm-hmm. his air supply was a massive that was like the first thing that he ever listened to as, as far as popular music oh well i actually and that inspired his, lo- his vocals to this day actually yeah i took the opportunity to go see them a couple of years ago here in vegas <laughs> because awesome. <laughs> i had to see them live and sure. they're still just as they i was singing all the songs oh another one that i really love is richard marks oof love richard marks love uh his voice just a beautiful voice um yeah. so those are the kind of oh and garth brooks sorry let me just pull oh, in yeah. garth brooks <laughs> one, one of, of my best favorites of all time yeah. Yeah. One of, and and yeah. actually i would say too metalhead Yes, he is. And when I was a kid, I remember watching, I think it was a live DVD and his stage presence was very inspiring to me. And I think that to this day, subconsciously, I have probably tried to take a little bit of uh, Garth Brooks book and put it in my life. Um, he has a great documentary out right now, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have. It's, it's <laughs> he's so serious. He's, yeah. he's very, very he, serious. He is the crying drinking game. Every time that Garth breaks down, <laughs> have a drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. For sure. For sure. All it's like that. I have to watch that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, You've it's, it's see funny. It. It's funny that you have, you guys both like talk about artists that maybe when you're younger, you wouldn't have mentioned. But as you get older and you'd like kind of, hey, this is who I am. I love Richard Marks. I love Air Supply. I love the Osmonds. I mean, that at some point you're like, who am I fooling? This is what I love. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I I do think as you get older, you just kind of like, why why do I care what anyone else really thinks of me? And you, you do, you just kind of like open up about like who you truly are as a human being. That's the beauty of being in your thirties and forties and above and beyond, I hope as well. It's like, you just don't give a fuck anymore, which is, which is great. 
Well, I just look back at those with fond memories, you know, and listening, going through my my mom's uh, record supply and which she has a shit ton and I want to go through it and steal <laughs> some, but going through her, all of her records and picking out ones that I, I might like. And that's actually where I found, um, the Osmonds crazy horses. And we, we ended up covering crazy horses, um, on an EP that we did a while ago. And, uh, is that what that's from? Yeah. It's an Osmond song. I was trying to figure out what that song was like. Where did they get that one? And I didn't even bother to look at like the, the who wrote what. I just like I should know this song, but that's amazing. So it was the heaviest song that uh, I had ever heard, and so I would I would play right. it over and over and over again. I'd crank it up, and my mom's like, "The neighbors are going to be so mad." But uh, <laughs> but I I remembered that that to me that was really heavy, and Donny Osmond actually made a, a comment about our our song and said that when they wrote that in, I think it was 79, they were experimenting and trying something different. And, um, it, and he, he saw that we were doing the same thing with the song. So I thought that that was really cool. Like, that is really Carly cool. <laughs> Carly, you, you, Carly, you mentioned that you, you, you get older, you don't care anymore what people think. These are my tastes, my tastes. But with you guys, you're lucky because your proof is the, your recorded output. That I may like this in my personal time, but here's what I make as far as, you know, the music I make. So I'm not really, I haven't sold out or, you know, gone soft on anyone. I just like that stuff. Everyone needs an escape from heavy. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Even when, when Heidi and I are getting ready on the bus, you know, to go play a metal show, we don't listen to metal. <laughs> we, no. we listen to no. all kinds of crazy stuff. And It's mostly you know. gangster rap. Yeah. yeah. Mostly, what do you, what you, do you know, listen to? We're obsessed with Run the Jewels. Um, so we listen to a lot of Run the Jewels, a lot of uh, awesome. Little Kim. Uh, mm. What else do we listen to in our pre-stage? Oh, Attila. Oh, we, we have a we have an Attila song that we do. <laughs> party, party with the devil and I'm the little... Uh. And my hair yeah. matches it now because I'm like yeah. the fungus, like that. <laughs> and then I'm the and I'm the low voice, and then we just so she's mucus, stage, yeah. And I'm fungus. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so it's so dumb. Like if people if people could like take a peek inside when we're getting ready, I'm sure they imagine us like you know in g strings, throwing clothes around, putting on makeup, and we're <laughs> in there like farting and dancing around to a tola like this. Yeah, if they only knew, <laughs> yeah. if they only knew. <laughs> I can vouch for it. I, I've seen the farting and the dancing around. Backstage. <laughs> yeah, the, the farting is fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I, walk by, I walk by and like, oh, they're getting ready to go on the stage. I'm just hearing lots of gas. In there. <laughs> that's that's what's like being in that's a band of girls. <laughs> we used to listen to uh, Refused. Do you remember, do you know yeah. the song New? No yeah, that was like, yeah. um, well, not Wilson, actually, my, a band before that. Speaking of real quick, before we move on from Provo, uh, we used to do the same thing and we get we watch the video, you know, and get ourselves <laughs> jacked up. And then we go on stage and just fucking dive, nosedive every yeah. single time. <laughs> Never works out the way you think it's going to work out. You're like, We're going to yeah. fucking crush. And then you get there and you're like. I'm going to say the wrong wrong name of this town for sure, right when, right when I touch that microphone. Uh, Provo, though, did, I don't, I, you probably know this. Uh, uh, I spent a lot of time there making a record years ago, but there's like a lot of bands from from there. I think uh, Neon Trees, Imagine Dragons, uh, the, used the Used Dudes are just up the road. Uh, we made I recorded a record with um, Quinn, the guitar player, and we stayed in Provo mm -hmm. for like two months with my, my old band. And he took us all to all these different places. Did you ever go to Starry Night? 
in that um, area? Yes. You know what? Actually, yes. I, I moved away from there in 2003, so it had been a while. Uh, but I remember going there to watch my sister's band play, I believe. Yeah. yeah. That sounds so, about right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a small little... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I have yeah. been there. <laughs> I got my ass kicked there, like for real. Oh. I, I, I just wanted to mention that that I've been to Provo and I got my ass kicked. There. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a good story, man. I went to Provo and all I got was my ass kicked because that's pretty <laughs> much all Pro- that happens there. <laughs> I, I'm sure you Seriously. provoked that. What happened? Uh, actually, I didn't. Uh, not to steer this conversation away from the 10 year anniversary of uh, of the Butcher Babies, but my my uh, drummer was uh, smoking cigarettes outside of it and is notoriously known for being a straight edge hardcore venue at that period of time. Yes. And we were not a straight edge hardcore band. However, we were on tour with a straight edge hardcore band. It was miserable every single night to pretend to like give a shit about that stuff just so you didn't get your ass kicked. He, and we see he's outside smoking a cigarette and somebody's like, you know, edged him or something and he blew smoke in his face. And as he was getting pummeled, Ooh. I like pulled the dude off of him and the guy pummeled myself. Not BYU kids go hard, man. Dude, seriously. <laughs> yeah, some of the hardest. <laughs> it's the blue football field. Yeah, that's, um, that's what it is. <laughs> so when you guys when you guys kind of joined up and, and decided you're going to create this, how did you decide who's going to take what? I mean, you start, I, I'm sure you get the studio starts going, okay, who's going to take this octave? Who's going to take this low end? Who's going to take the high end? Is it just like, hey, what do you do best? Oh, you know, no, who, who we mix best? it up, to be honest. Out? Uh, you know, uh, traditionally, obviously, we kind of like something will speak to my voice or speak to Heidi's voice and we'll go from there. We try to make it as even as possible. Um, or if there's a lyric that someone is really passionate about, you know, maybe that they want to do that part. Um, but, you know, uh, we both can do a lot with our voices. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, especially now that we've been working together for 10 years. So we like to try different things. But usually there's, there'll be a part that speaks to me or that speaks to her. And it's not it's never really been like a, a big fight or anything like that. I, well, before we were in this band together, Carla and I were in a band that had five girl singers. So this was exponentially easier. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, it was like Spice Girls on crack. It was horrible. And <laughs> so, but it's- <laughs> we, So many questions. <laughs> Don't worry about I've it. Seen it. I, I, I think I watched you guys live before, uh, like, uh, was this in Los Angeles? Yeah. yeah, Viper Room a lot. You guys play the Viper Room a lot. Yeah, we, yeah, had, a we had a residency there, which was yep. cool, but we don't want to talk about that band. It's embarrassing. Sure. <laughs> but it it kind of does segue into what I was going to ask you about because of the voice, what you guys are talking about, putting the music together, and how you guys find your own uh, footing there. How did of the five girls did you two decide to say fuck this shit? And let's start our own band. Like, how did that even come about? It was well, really uh, easy because. Um, I, so, well, I, she can tell you about how I joined the band, but just at the, at the end of that band, we had this manager who wanted to con- us to sign contracts that controlled, that said that he had, um, that he owned even the expressions that we make on stage. And I was reading this contract and I'm like, Heidi, we can't sign this. This is ridiculous. So um, we tried to talk to the other girls about it. We said, you know, let's just take, let's just fire this guy and do it on our own. We have these sold out residencies every Monday night. And they were like defending this manager. No, this is, you know, they didn't think like we thought. We thought big, they thought small, which is a huge, huge thing when 
picking bandmates. You have to pick people that are, have the same ambitions, goals as you do, and that want things as badly as you do. Those were lovely girls, but they did not want it like Heidi and I did. So Heidi and I decided that we would get our own band together and we would just, you know, uh, make it happen. It was, it was, it was pretty fairly easy for us to decide to do that. Um, we, we quickly became best friends after we met. Um, she answered a MySpace ad for an audition to be in that band. And I met her at the audition and we quickly became best friends. She came over to my house. I was teaching her all the songs because it was, they were all cover songs, but we had like, you know, specific parts where they would, she would come in and this girl could do this and this and that. And we just became great friends. And we, both had dreams and aspirations of doing this on a real level with original songs. And so when it came down to it, we were like, yeah, screw this guy. We can do this on our own. Let's go create our own band. And we were really, we've always been inspired by Wendy o. Williams and, uh, you know, the first female in rock and metal, basically, that just really went out there and was like, don't tell me what to look like. Don't tell me what to sound like. Don't tell me what clothes to wear or to wear them at all. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and so that's where the name Butcher Babies came from. But we just, it was, it was just kind of like fate. And even with the guys that, you know, where we initially started the band with, the moment we all got into a room together and none of the guys knew each, well, I, no, two of the guys knew each other, but they weren't like, it wasn't they, something they played together before, none of that at all. But the second we stepped into a room with the five of us all together and we tried to write a first song, which is Blonde Girls All Look the Same, it was magic to us. Yeah. And we kind of just felt like, okay, we made the right decision. And then, um, you know, writing, like we were asking about like separating vocals and stuff like that's all, that's just the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the easy stuff, you know? And like, uh, it's, it's been a wild, crazy 10 plus 10 years now of butcher babies. I mean, as Carla was saying, you have to pick the people in your band that want it 100%, you know? And when we started, everyone wanted it hundred percent. Everyone was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make this successful. And, uh, and, and we did, and it was so much fun. You know, people change, things change. And I'm just really grateful for, you know, my bandmates and, you know, Carla taking this crazy ride with us. And it's so cool to, 10 years later, be releasing my favorite song we've written. <laughs> That's awesome. Spe- speaking of, so the song, it coincides with a release of a wine. What's, how did this, how did this come to be? For, before you mentioned anything, um, we're actually friends with, with Paul at Desert Rock Vine. Yeah. Part of the cool. Ship Rock family. So yeah, um, yeah when I, I reached out to him when I knew we were going to do this and I said, hey, tell me about the wine. And he says, it's a, is it a Pinot Noir? Yes. It's Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. So what got you guys in the wine business? <laughs> we love well, wine. <laughs> we love wine. Um, and you know what? To be honest, I didn't become a huge wine fan um, until a few years ago. I was always just drinking whiskey on the rocks, whiskey on the rocks. And then I, then um, Heidi and I started drinking wine together. And I would say, well, what do you like? Well, what's your favorite? And we actually have the same palate, I think. <laughs> so we mm-hmm. like the same mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, so getting turned on to good wines and the right kind of blends and what I liked, you know, I like Melbecks, like Pinot Noirs that really changed my mind about wine. And now I drink it every night, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not like a lot, just a glass, but, um, sure, no, no. so a few years ago, um, we were approached 
by Desert Rock. And they said, well, you should do, we should do a wine together. And we're like, eh, yeah, whatever. We did one and it was a huge success. You know, who, you know, it's, it's awesome to, um, to know that we have so many wine drinking fans too. And so this is our 10 year anniversary bottle coming out now, which is just, just mind blowing. If you would have told us 10 years ago that, you know, we'd have, you know, a 10 year anniversary and a, and a fancy wine coming out to celebrate it. <laughs> I would yeah. spit whiskey in your face. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and the fact that it's an Arizona wine makes it super unique. Yeah. Well, so, the song yeah, the song was written in Arizona, and um, in the song you can kind of hear uh, against the desert sunset, uh, and and for us it's kind of all encompassed together, which is cool. The wine is, uh, you know, Arizona bottled and aged in Arizona. I have it right here. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the song was written in Arizona and we're going to be doing our live stream in Arizona. So Arizona is like our new home. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Absolutely. You guys do the whole record there too. Is it EP or is it a full length? I heard it was an EP. We have an EP right now, and yes, we recorded it there, and it was really fun. We we got an Airbnb and just got to you know live together for a few weeks and record uh, our EP. Who'd you do the? Uh, if you don't oh, mind me Matt asking, Good. Uh, oh, Matt, Matt Good cool. is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, great he guy. works. He works so fast that it was like like kind of like my brains were jumbled after <laughs> the first day. It was, you know, um, he's awesome. Yeah, Arizona's becoming him. a hotspot for music too. Like I know Matt's there, and there's a I think some of the Asking Alexandria guys are there too. Yep. That mm-hmm. uh, that must have been. Were you guys what part of Arizona were you in? Um, Phoenix area, right? Yeah, yeah. Tempe. Yeah, Tempe, that's right. Well, yeah, I mean that's all like the same Tempe. thing. It's like same neighborhood, but uh, we loved it. It was so fun, and we we found a lot of inspiration there too. Just walking outside and seeing like the beautiful sunset. It was in the summertime and, uh, you know, just kind of drinking all that in. Um, I remember, uh, cause, okay. So in our prior albums, when I would get stumped on something, I'd go outside and have a cigarette, but I quit smoking in 2017, right after we finished recording. Thank you. Right after we finished yeah. recording Lilith. <laughs> and so I still, I was like, okay, I can still do this without smoking. I'm going to go outside and just walk around and I would go and if, when I get stumped, I'd go walk around and just look at the beautiful scenery. And so I feel like every song that's on this, this new EP for us, uh, just get, like, takes me back to that moment where I was feeling so inspired by everything around me and, you know, not having a cigarette in my hand, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it was, a, it was really cool, cool writing experience. And I'm, and I'm really grateful for it. And we can't wait to work with Matt again. Definitely going to work with him again. Real quick, back to the wine for a second. It was funny. We were talking about growing up and your fans growing with you. I think wines are such a great idea for bands to get into because their fans are getting older and, you know, they can only have so many shirts. But to have another kind of branded item for them Mm -hmm. that helps support the band and is now something they're into. As we all get older, we palace change, as you mentioned. And whiskey's always awesome, but a nice glass of wine is great. And to be able to fact that fans can now do that with your wine is that's pretty cool. I mean, we never thought, yeah, whoever thought that going from like just t-shirts years ago to now you're like into basically branded products and produce. For the <laughs> yeah. yeah cool. we're, we're like, we're like the guy with, that opens up the jacket. Like what you want? We got, we got, <laughs> we got right, this, right. we got that, we got this, yeah. but we, um, 
you know, that's important for us. It's butcher babies. We want it to be a brand, you know, this is mm -hmm. uh, a brand and a family, um, as you, as you are with, you know, with Shiprocked as well. It's a, it's a brand, yep. it's a family, um, you know, with our wine, as soon as people get their, their mitts on the bottles, uh, you know, we're going to do a big happy hour with a bunch of people and drinking the wine. And it's a way for us to just connect on a different level. And you can see our, our palettes with our wine. We do love a good Pinot Noir, which is a little bit on the lighter side, but we also love a really deep red, which was our last wine. Um, mm. <laughs> so, so we're just sharing all the things we love. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, it brings, it brings fans closer in and they feel a lot more connected to you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I, yeah. We had Carla's, uh, we had a little birthday party with some uh, fans on Zoom and it was, it was cool just to like connect because we haven't been able to play shows in years at not at this point for us as butcher babies. And, uh, and so it was really fun to just like see their faces. I, I cried when I got on, on it. I was just like, oh my gosh. Janet, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I've mean, seen you in like three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are touring um, so, machine too. I, I mean, that speaking yeah, of playing yeah. live, uh, how many? Like, I, I have a list of all of the acts that I could find uh, from like Megadeth, the Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Five Finger Death Punch, Danzig, In This Moment, Hollywood of Dead, Cradle of Filth, Black Label Society, and <laughs> went from like 2013, I think, to like just 2017 or maybe even earlier 12 i think I, I i remember seeing you guys playing in 2012 it felt like every other month you guys were just announcing some the next level of badassery of in touring and then to go to just to be like to stop like that did that is like a shock i know for me it was like mm -hmm. a it's a huge shock Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel weird about it? What's your 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 mindset right now? I You're gonna make me cry, okay? I'm like do really it. emotional right now. <laughs> um, no, I actually uh, I was having a, a group text with my family today, just being like, I'm probably not gonna be able to tour till 2022, and just like I'm not I'm not gonna put that out there. But I was just like emotional about it because. You know, in 2018, when we when we stopped, we were uh, we did a full great year in 2018. Took 2019 to write and record, and then of course, you know, bombarded this year. Um, it it like hurts my heart. <laughs> I miss it so much. Um, you know, the the high of getting on stage, and I think you know more importantly is watching the fans get what they need out of live music too you know and like you know exactly how it is you're a vessel of energy when you're on stage and I think more so than you know seeing a different city every night or anything I think I missed that it's just uh just that emotion that you share with people I really really miss it a lot and right now it's really affecting me <laughs> I miss that part of it too. Um, to be honest though, I've always been introverted since I was a kid and I really enjoy being at home and in my own like little cave and just, you know, <laughs> my nose in a book or doing something at home, but I do miss being on stage. And also I, I missed, I felt like a, a, quite a few times where you just kind of have that feeling of like, who am I? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm used to being on the road. Do you know, we were on, we were on the road like 10 months out of the year at some points. And, um, that was almost like too much at times, but you have this like feeling of purpose. And then when you're at home for so long and you're, and you're a musician and you're not playing, you kind of forget who you are, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels, feels weird and awkward sometimes, but I do, I do, I don't mind being at home either, but at least there's that little faint glimmer of hope that we'll be back out there at some point. Like yeah, we do have on. dates booked. So I'm just yeah. like, really like, I'm like, come on 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. Rubbing the magic beads every night. Come on now. Uh, seriously, <laughs> whatever it takes. I'll do rain dances. I don't give a shit. <laughs> now, <laughs> this, you should do a series yeah. of those. Yeah, give me right. all the awesome. crystals. <laughs> at, at this part, we usually ask uh, people, and I'll let Chad do it, ask about their shiprock experience. Yeah, I know it's been a while, is... but I'm sure it's still probably in your mind somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was so much fun. Can I, I just say that, like, I... I will tell you right now that I am not the kind of person that wants to go on a cruise. I did not really have any like positive thoughts about going on it. I'm like, Oh gosh, this sounds terrible. Be trapped with all these people. Like I said, I'm an introvert. Then when I got on the boat, I was like, this is so fun. It was so cool to be able to walk around and see the shows, interact with people. Um, you know, and everyone is, on Shiprocked is so fucking cool. Like you're really at breakfast eating and the hi, but no one like, you didn't know what to expect. I didn't know people were just going to be bothering you all day. So you can't even breathe or eat without, you know, like <laughs> taking a picture or whatever, but everyone was so cool. And it was so great to talk to people and face to face and share shots with people and, you know, and also um, hang out with you know, my favorite bands, Living Color was on the ship rock that we did. And I was so excited to meet them for the first time. And I was such an idiot. I like, I, um, I was so emotional about it because they were one of my favorite bands when I was young <laughs> and I went up to him and I, or to, uh, to Corey and I, I knew what I was going to say. And then just tears started coming. I, I started to cry like an idiot. <laughs> they were so important to me. Growing I think up. it was cute, but it was, it was, it was and now we've, I've all, I've, I, you know, I consider those guys, my friends now, which is really cool, but it's because of those experiences that we shared on ship rocked and meeting them and, and getting to spend a few days, you know, watching them side stage and hanging out and saying hellos. And it was, it ended up being a, a really cool experience. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had the chance and hopefully, you know, sometime in the future, we'll be able to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, I remember being on, Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to mention you, Carla, you mentioned that you basically people just wave and they kind of go about their business. That's the great thing about them is like a lot of those people are, they love seeing the artists. They love this. They, they, they I mean, they, they adore you guys, but it's like, they really love seeing their friends. They haven't seen in a year. Yeah, exactly. Hi, but I got to get to my too, friends. It is so cool to see, like every time I, there's so many fans that we still talk to from Shiprock and Hey, Shiprock mm-hmm. family, Shiprock family, Shiprock family. And it is really fucking cool to see what a community that's been created and yeah. uh, how much these people love each other and love that, you know, the opportunity once a year to see each other again and hang out with each other. It's a really beautiful thing. There's one thing I really love about Shiprocks where it feels like you're going as an artist, but you're also going as a fan. And um, I remember just standing with everybody watching Papa Roach and the boat is going like this. And Jacoby's like, yeah, we're all on this. You know, just like it was like everyone's just swaying together. And I just remember looking around and this is the coolest thing because I'm standing, I've just performed like an hour ago and I hear I'm standing here and I get to watch, you know, one of my favorite bands and it's one of their favorite bands too. And we can sit here and throw our horns together. And I, you know, you don't, in festival settings, it's not like that. You only get that on the boat. 
in festival settings, mm-hmm. you, you know, for us, if we go out in the crowd, it, it's, it's, a, they're not the Shiprock fam. They're not the fam who's, uh, who's, you know, kind of, Hey, what's up? Go about your day. <laughs> it's hard right. to go yeah. out and, 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 and be in the crowd. And so I loved that with Shiprock. I thought it was so cool. I could go, I could be a fan and I could be an artist as well. Yeah. I think a lot of times in the festival setting, you just mentioned it, they only have you for five minutes. So they're going to grab your attention well best yes. they can. But after a yes. week on the boat, you're like, her again? Jeez Louise. Uh, I know. <laughs> 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 Will Heidi get away from the bar? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I wanted to ask, I guess, uh, the, what I like to ask, I should say, is, I remember the first time that I walked onto the, like walked through the, what is, is it? The gangway, right? Uh, Justin, is that what you call it? When you're walking onto that little, uh, correct. correct. Into, yeah. And then when you get into the atrium or whatever it is and like that overwhelming feeling, like, holy shit, I was, I was kind of hoping that I could ask you guys about your experience. If you can recall, uh, when that happened, a and B, what you were kind of like feeling inside as you were moving onto the ship for the first time. Well, I was excited. excited. (laughs) I think when you walk on and you, you know, it's like, it's because it's also a vacation, you know, fun in the sun time. And it's like with our, and actually on that tour cycle, we had just been through that big, huge snowstorm, right? Heidi? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were up in Canada, everything. Yeah. So it was like the freezing cold bitter winter, like terrible, like don't go outside or your skin's going to fall off kind of weather and uh, turn green and fall off. And then we got to go and just the second you step in, you know, to the boat, you feel that like, wow, I'm on vacation now. I've got to play some shows, but this is a vacation too. So it's yeah. nice feeling. And I had, I had been on cruises before. So I was just like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> I'm, I want those waves. I want to, one of my favorite things on cruises is jogging in the gym and looking over, uh, like on the treadmill and looking yeah. over the water and it feels like you're running on the water. <laughs> and it's, I just, I, I, I love cruises. And I remember walking in and I'm like, this is so great. I get to play music. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I remember during our set, it was, uh, it was, it was almost kind of raining a little bit and the stage was really slippery. So I had to like tiptoe, <laughs> yeah. but in this moment, they were super sweet and let us use their ego boxes. And so I remember I kind of got a little bit of grip on that and that was, that was great. Um, but the, the first moment, uh, I think first of all is hell yeah, we got booked on ship rocked. <laughs> and then you walk in, you're like, hell yeah, let's vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now you guys both were on. I, you didn't perform, but you guys were both on a uh, motorboat too. Mm-hmm. The motorhead yeah. stuff. Actually, uh, I that was funny that, I mean, story about the actually the like the area where you walk in and all that kind of stuff in the ballrooms. Mm-hmm. And me and Heidi destroyed a ballroom with my birthday cake. Hey, on the I we didn't. <laughs> oh, I know the cake incident. Yeah, that whole out the whole galley right there was just yeah. We didn't start that. <laughs> I, I you think started I did. it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, but I didn't continue it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a complete accident. I felt bad about that for five years. So, <laughs> you know, Alan, really- Alan thought it was the greatest thing ever. So no one was worrying about it. So <laughs> this <yeah>. is great news. <laughs> um, but we, uh, that motor boat was so much 
fun. I had so much fun on that yeah. cruise. Um, <laughs> it's it's more fresh in my memory, even though I think I drank more on that one because <laughs> I wasn't playing a show. Um, there was an incident where I we 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 stopped at uh, where did we stop? We stopped at one uh, of we the, were de- in the destination. Yes, and um, NASA. Yeah, we we stopped and had lunch and tequila. And then as you do after tequila, you take a nap and (laughs) at the bar. (laughs) Well, that came next. Uh, So (laughs) I I took a small nap and then I was hosting um, karaoke night. And so I was like, oh, I need to get back on the horse after I woke up from my nap. And I went to the bar and I'm standing there with Rita Haney, you know, (laughs) dime bag. (laughs) And uh, she, uh, I took a shot of tequila and that thing just came right back up and she went like this. Let me catch that for you. <laughs> she had... Like a bowl of soup, a pro, a pro to the very end. I mean, she was, she saved the day that day guys. So wow. <laughs> thank you, Rita. Um, but that is, uh, that is, that, that was a giant clusterfuck. It was so much fun. <laughs> I have yeah, nothing but great memories. Be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Vacation harder, right? So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, puke even thanks, harder. Thanks for the, <laughs> th- yeah, thanks for the tag. Uh, so, I mean, obviously nothing's the roadmap ahead is a little skewed, but obviously recording wise, when can people a expect the streaming event? Do you have a, de- do you have a time for that or date? Yes. It's going to be on December 18th and we will put out all of the information as the date gets closer, but we're super excited. We're going to be playing all the new songs from the EP. And this is going to be our first full show with our new lineup. Um, Jason, our forever bass player, uh, decided to go be a full-time dad, which we are all for. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, our new bass player, Ricky Bonazza, he's awesome. And so this is going to be great. It's going to be our first like real show with Ricky. So we're, we're excited wow. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a new and band. People be able to, like a new band since you. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, would people be able to find tickets at your website uh, when they go on, on sale? Yeah. So when everything goes on sale, we'll put it on our site. Uh, that right there, that's the uh, butcherbabies.com. And then there's going to be a drop down link on top where it goes to our shop page. And then we're going to have tickets for, for that. And a couple other cool announcements coming up prior to it that uh, maybe you might be able to get it for free. Who knows? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and the EP, when can people kind of start looking for that? Well, we're going to do a whole slew of singles leading up to May. So uh, I think it's May 7th, somewhere around there. It's in May. (laughs) Okay. So you guys are just going to put out a single uh, periodically from the EP? Yeah. So we have a That's the way to do it. We're just really excited. I mean, it's 2020, and why not revel in each song? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Um, have a name for the EP? That's one of my questions I want to ask, or you're not giving it away yet. Carla, should we? No. Okay. <laughs> no. no, I don't get it. I get it. 
Yeah. And people yeah. can guess. It has to do with uh, being 10 years old. So you can guess from there. You can <laughs> so. guess. It's not, it's not hard to guess, but. Uh. You're getting the belt. Is that what it's called? You're getting the belt. You're getting That's what the I can belt. <laughs> Mow the lawn. Go to your yeah. room. That's yeah, right. go to your room. Or yeah. as my dad always said, little shit. So it's probably yeah. little shit. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> well, uh, we Carl, Heidi, we've had you guys for an hour. We can't thank you enough. And, 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 and we look so forward to what you guys have coming out. And, and if, if it's any uh, indication of the bottom of the bottle, it's going to be an absolutely great 2021 for you guys. Thank you so Seriously. much. You. Congratulations we, on 10 years of being a band. It's a yeah, huge big feat time. And, and the wine seriously. and everything. So, um, Thank you. yeah, look forward to it. And then obviously we will see you guys again uh, real soon on Ship Rock. So you can. Oh, you can I hope so. <laughs> you, you can count on that. So, yeah, we always yes! look forward to having you guys. And, Obviously, you guys have a, a lot of ship rockers are, are big fans. So, you know, why not cater to you guys and also them and and make it fun for everyone? So we would yeah. love that. We love our ship rock family. It's so good to see you guys. Fantastic. It's great to <laughs> yeah, see you. you too. Thank you. So, thank you again, man. Have a great rest of your week. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can do round two as, as things progress. All awesome. Right, thank you. All Thanks, right, great. Thank you, everyone, guys. All right. Take Party care. Party on, guys. You. See you soon. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny streaming everywhere now.